As an unlicensed doctor, we suggest a prescription for one of our shows. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Fake Doctor's Orders. Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. Welcome to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price. Brought to you by Ye Old Orchard Pub. There's a lead pass. In on goal, McDavid. Scores! 3-1 Canada! Here's the 1-2 pitch from Martinez. Ball hit out into center field. Going back, Marquise Grissom. He's got it! Dennis Martinez has pitched a perfect game. There's a shot. They the 2-1 pitch. Cordero swings. Base hit. The Expos will win. The Expos will win. Cordero with a base hit to win the ball game in the bottom of the ninth inning. The drought is over. Drink it in, Canada. World champions. And now, here's your host, Elliot Price. Price. Whatever deadline may have been pushed forth months ago concerning the NHL's attendance at next year's Olympics turned out to be false news, even before the phrase alternative facts could even have been imagined. But here we are at the door of this year's All-Star festivities and still nothing. And as you'll hear from the commissioner, Mr. Bettman, in a few minutes, it's not even on the table for the Board of Governors this weekend in L.A. Fans want it, players want it. But they don't hold the executive orders. First, if the kids are intent on enjoying the festivities this weekend, don't tell them what a bunch of made-up crap it is. Because it ain't to them. If you still want this game around when you're old and gray, these kids better still want it around. But hey, we're Canadians. We'll plunk them down in front of the set and hockey night in Canada. It'll just ooze into them, right? The NHL knows this. They also must know we all want Olympic hockey. The question might still be, can they get to China without going next year? If the answer is yes, they may not care what we think. You do remember, these are the folks that shut down the game more than once. Price. That's Freddie Uni sitting in for uh, Grant Robinson. Pretty much uh, soon it'll be Grant Robinson sitting in for Freddie Uni. <laughs> it's Friday. It's uh, the beginning of the uh, NHL All-Star Weekend, so if that's your sort of thing, enjoy. Don't do that. I already told Did you not hear me? I heard you. Don't ruin it for the kids. 
That's who enjoys fair it. Enough, fair it's enough. the same thing as saying, oh, how can that guy be uh, voted on and be going to the All-Star game? Because kids like him. That's why he's going. It doesn't matter if he's having the best season. It's about who they want to see. We all complain about the All-Star game being whatever, and then we complain about who's there. It's not ours anymore. You're totally right. When Thank I was you. a kid, I loved it. Why I you, loved gotta, it. you should just stop it. You're totally right. Well, that's totally wrong. <laughs> but you said totally right. In this one instance, you were totally right. At one point in my life, and in not uh, not in your life, the Stanley Cup champions used to play the All-Stars. But, of course, there were just five other teams. It was easy to stack uh, 18 players, you know, three-plus players from all the other teams on the Stanley Cup champion. How uh, how many years did they, the All-Star format... How many years was that, oh the All-Star God. format? There's been like 30 different All-Star formats. Okay, do you remember, how often did the Stanley Cup champs then win? Do you remember offhand if it was like 50-50? No. I do not know. But they played. I mean, those guys tried to beat the Stanley Cup champions. Well, yeah, we were watching highlights there a couple minutes ago. All right. A very busy show tonight, including, uh, you know, on the subject. Off the top of the show, we will hear uh, from the commissioner, who joined our good friend John Shannon and Gord Stellick today on a number of subjects, so we'll hear that before this show goes down. A hockey talk in the first half hour. We talked to Andrew Berkshire earlier in the week. Uh, he did top 67. So, since expansion, the best players in the NHL, and he had it down to a top 10 without giving us the top 10 two nights ago. So today, the top 10 came out. We had to have him back. So he'll join us, and we'll talk about that. Um, Rory Boiling will be around mm-hmm. uh, just before uh, the top of this hour to complete our hockey half hour and a lot to talk about. It really depends how old you are. The players that uh, you coveted uh, in the All-Star Games. Um, we're getting closer to the um, the Super Bowl, but it's uh, it's uh, now. Now. Okay? <laughs> Pro Bowl weekend. Come on. Well, now. Hold on. Now. I, do I, I don't want to ruin it for the kids again. No, the kids don't watch Pro Bowl. They don't watch the Pro no, Bowl? No, they don't care. Now we're we're talking. And uh, there seems to be a discrepancy concerning a quarterback in the National Football League and his availability for next year. So we'll talk to DK about that. What else do we have for you? Yes, the uh, panel from Sportsnet Central, and you can watch the show tonight at 11 o'clock, but see what uh, they have on their minds concerning the coming season for the Montreal Impact. And, of course, uh, all the voices for the Montreal Canadiens lost last night. Uh, as they go to the All-Star break. All right, we'll see what Freddie has up his sleeve with the opening face-off, which is next. It's a Sportsnet Tonight. I'm Elliot Price. This ain't like when you're at a game and sign up for a credit card just to get the prize and then you immediately cancel the credit card. Because there's no prize when you sign up for our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Sitting in for Grant Robinson, Freddie Uni. What should we make of Tigers failing to make the cut at the Farmers Insurance Open today? What did he shoot today? Uh, I think a 76, a 72. Oh, all right. So he was par today. He's he, par. Um, I have no idea. You know, I mean, here's a guy that uh, he's, he's rusty. He hasn't been on the tour. It's not only uh, playing. It's about walking uh, for five hours or whatever it is and uh, getting used to He's playing clubs that he's never played before. He's got a brand-new driver yeah. uh, from TaylorMade because Nike's going out of business. He's playing new balls, new clubs, and yet he's 41 years old. He's not 25. He's not 30. He's not 35. Um, to expect him to be amongst the best golfers in the world uh, without getting... Uh, out there and actually showing us is folly. It's still possible, but uh, we're all from Missouri now. (laughs) 
show me. They're the show me ah, stage. I see. You know, I see. You know, I'm from Missouri. I got that now. They got, you got to show me. Uh, I have confidence that he still has game and you should still be able to play decent golf when you're 41. Yesterday's round, just fell, he fell apart. Uh, he, he bogeyed hole one, then he made eight pars, then he started the back nine with two birdies. So there you are. You've made one bogey. You started the day. You might have been nervous. You won under par, and then okay. Today I I wasn't. I was in tune. I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't see. I saw his round sort of. I was keeping more an eye on uh, Hadwin, and I was watching right. uh, Graham Dillette uh, march up the leaderboard. So that's pretty much what I was keeping an eye on the Canadians. Do you think? What kind of expectation would you have in general for Tiger? I have as no expectation. N- none at all. No. Is it just? Ha- are you just happy and glad to see him out there? At yes. All? I, I, I hope he is it good for the PGA. Yes, of course. I hope he does well. Not, not if he's going to not be on you know on the weekend. You know, it's really funny because I was reading uh, on the passing of of Arnold Palmer, and you know people make such a thing about uh, uh, Tiger Woods, and you know the last couple of years. You know, where's Tiger? Where's Tiger? What's he doing? And other guys are leading the tournaments and they're winning the tournaments and people out there complaining because social media gets you out there right now. Oh, why do we care what Tiger's doing? He's not even in. When television went on the air with golf in the 60s, -hmm. they demanded that Arnold Palmer be on television no matter where he was in the tournament. Really? He was the man. He's the one that people came to television to watch. He's the reason people watched golf on television. And they wanted to see Arnold Palmer on the weekend, regardless of he was winning. And he stopped winning tournaments at one point. They wanted to see Arnold Palmer, and so they did. And so... I don't know that we've changed that much. Do you find it's the same with, with Tiger then? They want to see Tiger. People want to see Tiger, good or bad. Except the people that don't want to see him. And, and they're loud. Yeah, fair enough. G- given the way he played today and over the last couple of years, and granted it's because of injuries, if he doesn't win another tournament, if he should decide at the end of this year it's time to hang it up, where would he be in the pantheon of, 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 PGA, of the PGA Tour? Well... The numbers speak for themselves. He's one or two. That's it. Just, there's, just there's Jack. Only, is just, it's just Jack Arnold. That's it. That's it. Eh? Yeah. All uh, right. By uh, the way, yeah. uh, what did uh, Tiger you say shot seventy two today? Is I, that what you had? I believe so. That's what I had here. Okay. I'm looking. I'm looking for Tiger's round here. Where is Tiger? I see that Graham Dillette ended up at seventy three. Yes. So that wasn't very good. He was doing he well for a while. He shot a 72 today. That's okay. right. Okay. So Phil Mickelson shot a 72. And Louis Wusazen shot a 72. And I'm just looking at all the 72s today. Jonas Blix shot a 72. And Brian Campbell shot a 71. So who was worse than 72 today? Let's have a look at uh, today's. Gary Woodland shot a 74. And Brad Frisch Brad shot Fritch. an 83. Oh, my God. What the hell happened? Yep. Oh, sorry. That was Sun Woo Kim yesterday. Ben Crane and Chad Campbell. And there are many good golfers today that shot worse. Jason Day shot 74. He shot 73 and 74. So Tiger shot 76 and 72. He was one shot behind Jason Day. So Yeah, but they no, don't carry the expectations of I'm just Tiger saying, Woods. We're talking about, you're going, oh, well, Tiger Woods is this and Tiger Woods is that. Jason Day, is he number one in the world? If he's not, he's number two. Right. Didn't make the cut and finished the shot in front of Tiger. Okay. So Tiger's playing four tournaments over the next five weeks. He'll play again next week. And if he continues to be one shot behind Jason Day, he's going to make a lot of money this year. <laughs> he's, 
He's gonna he's, he's gonna be chasing uh, championships. That's for sure. Retief Goosen, seventy one and seventy six. I'm just saying. I understand. Know? Look, and he, it's been a seventeen month layoff, and there's always expectation when Tiger, you know, takes takes the field, takes the course, takes the links. So, um, in an article, moving on, in an article by Mike Johnston published on Sportsnet.ca, he suggests that should Matt Ryan win the Super Bowl, that he'd be virtually a Hall of Fame lock. What do you think of that? Uh, I don't know. It's it, the thing is, um, you're looking at it just by looking at Matt Ryan. Yeah. If you're going to look at it in who he's going to be up against as the years go on, it's going to be very difficult because there are so many quarterbacks. Mm. Uh, he's had a good career, but this is the first. Never mind the first time he's going to win a Super Bowl. It's the first time he's in a Super Bowl. Right. He had an opportunity four years ago. He made the playoffs in his first season. Uh, winning a Super Bowl and winning the MVP this year is going to help, and I think he is going to win the MVP. We'll see. But I, I don't know. I'd have to check uh, lifetime stats. There's so many guys. You look at the guys that, that are waiting right. right now. Kurt Warner's not in the Hall of Fame. How long does uh, does Matt Ryan have to wait? No, that's true. And, and, and you raise a really good point because it's always in comparison to whoever else is eligible. What criteria? Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Well, you're getting to my next question. Because what if, criteria? If, if Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer, yeah. then Eli Manning's going to get in before him. And there are quarterbacks in front of Eli Manning. Well, what criteria would you look at for, in this case, a Hall of Fame quarterback? You're, you're, is it just stats? Is it championships? No, no. Is there, it there's, a, there's a whole bunch of things. It's, uh, it's where you stood amongst your peers year after year. As far as quarterback rating is concerned, it's how many times you get your team to the playoffs. How deep into the playoffs did you go? How many times did you make the Super Bowl? How many Super Bowls did you win? How close did you get to being an MVP? How many Pro Bowls were mm-hmm. you uh, representative of? All of those things, because you're going to be compared to other guys right. that are in the Hall of Fame, all of those things matter. Do you need to win championships to be a Hall of Famer? No. Nothing? No. No, not nothing. But, uh, I'm but sorry, championships. Dan I mean. Marino didn't win a championship. Dan Fouts didn't win a championship. Fran right. Tarkenton didn't win a championship. There's lots of Hall of Fame quarterbacks that didn't win championships. Only one guy wins it, and, and it's it's harder now. Back oh, then, yeah. you know, there were there were half the teams, right? Of course, there are thirty something teams. If you played for thirty years and everybody won one, there's still a chance you wouldn't win one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It, it was an interesting article. What if some guy like Brady wins four? Or five. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm right. going with four. Go- <laughs> you're, really, you're taking the Falcons, eh? No, I didn't say that. That's true. What, then what are you saying? I'm saying I don't want them to win. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, look, Elliot, you brought it up in your opening rant. It's as if you read my mind. It happens every day. It happens every day. Yes. Is it time to do away with the All-Star game? No! D- did you hear my opening rant? Is it time to... Did you hear me? Look, he I me. had it written beforehand. Yes, but then you asked me the question, is it time to do it? What did I say? Did I, I, I read you... this here. And I read this in my opening rant. It said, uh, first, if the kids are intent on enjoying the festivities this weekend, don't tell them what a bunch of made-up crap it is, which is what you're doing right now, because it's not to them. They want to watch this All-Star game. They want to see their favorite players. It's let not me re- you and me. Let me rephrase the question. No. No, the answer is no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How can the NHL then make it more exciting? They're trying. Okay. If this doesn't work, first of all, this was more exciting. Okay. The current format is more exciting than the last one. And they're going to try different um, events here in the uh, lead-up to the All-Star game. They'll keep trying. And they'll keep having it. Um, 
It's, it's about, you know what? I know it's, it's a corporate about, event. No. You know, it's, it's, it's a corporate event. It's not event. about being a corporate event. It's about bringing the best in the game together. And whatever it is that they do, yeah. the kids want to see them all together at one time. That's a great point. Um, Rory Boylan, later on, yes. maybe we'll get a chance to talk to him when he's on, um, wrote an article. get a chance to talk to him. <laughs> about this, about this. I'm sorry, about this topic. Wrote an article about how to make the All-Star Game skills competition yes. more interesting. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll ask him about that. The NHL. Well, considering he's coming on the show and he wrote about it, it would probably be a very good idea to ask him that question. And by I the way, gi- I will give you at least a minute, Freddie. I to have ask it him. ready right here. Oh, there, you go. there you go. I've got it ready. Okay. Again, look, I uh, y- you brought it up, but to me, it's dear to my heart. The Olympics and the NHL. You mentioned it. The Board of Governors is meeting. It's not officially on the agenda. It's not on the agenda. It's not officially on the, on the agenda. Are we going in 2018? No it's idea. 12 months. Is it important for them to go? Uh, that's their decision. Would you want them to go? I, I want them to go, but it's not, you know, I want them to go because I want to watch Canada at the Olympics. Right. I don't really care if they make money or it's good for the game or whatever. I I enjoy, it's it's one of the, the we, we watch so many crappy games yeah. in the National Hockey League week after week after week. Here's an opportunity to watch the best in the world compete when they really want to win something. And my country, something that I dearly love to watch and cheer for, uh, has an opportunity to be there. So I want to see it, yeah. But you want to see the best, not just your country. Because regardless, Canada will be in the tournament. But so the rest of the countries aren't going there. No, no, no. It doesn't matter if the NHL players go or not. No, Canada no, as a not, team will well, go. Then it, it might, hockey might will as, still be a They might as well sport. not have hockey. Really? Unless, would you, would you? And, and, and my, my suggestion was yeah. that um, in years when there's Olympics, because you know, in soccer, yeah. they don't send the best players in the world. No, it's an under-21 tournament? No, under-23. Under-23 tournament, right. That's what they need to do. Ah, Instead of the junior tournament during Olympic years, right. play the juniors at the Olympics. Oh, we already care so much idea. about it, so play the World Juniors. Would you have? Of, uh, it would be the World. Ju- be a U twenty tournament. It would be the same tournament only at the Olympics. Well, you know what? That's the first time I'd heard that. Yeah. It's because you didn't listen to me before. That's true. Right. <laughs> I was living in a different city. <laughs> you were living in a different world, Freddie. I still am in that world. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think it's important for them to go this year because I think what they really want to do is go to Beijing in 2022. Yes, but the question and, is... And if they uh, don't if they go in 2018... No, that's not necessarily so. You, do you think... The, I don't know. No. I said that's not necessarily so. That's what no. they're trying to figure out right now. If we don't go next year... How can does we that get to mean, Does that mean we're not going four years after that? And that's not necessarily so. So if they figure that uh, uh, that's not the deal, and they definitely 100% want to go to China, then they're going to go. Mm, and it, so we'll figure it out. It makes we, it very we, interesting. Want, we want to believe that they'll be forced to go to South Korea, or they won't be able to go to China, but if they don't believe that, no, it's no. their game. They're the ones that are talking to the uh, to the uh, the IOC and to the uh, IAAHF. I mean, I don't know. No, it's a good point. Uh, it, it the double IHF. makes for very interesting negotiations between Which the two we organizations. Which know nothing about. And I know less than that. And finally, the NHL All-Star Game marks the unofficial midpoint of the season. If you had to grade the Habs, how would you grade them as a team? Uh, a to F. A, B, C, D, E, F. Those kind of grade, that, that point system. I don't understand the question. How would you grade their performance thus far throughout the year? Would you give them a, a, an A+, plus? would you give them a failing grade, like uh, an F? Sorry. I, see. Uh, I would give them a B. A B. A B. What about Mark Bergevin as GM? Um, uh, well, it's, uh, it's unfinished. 
As the unfinished midpoint business. grade, a midpoint grade. Everyone has the midterms. We're at midterm grades, Elliot. B. <laughs> Tarion. B. Pacioretty. Um, B. Weber. B. Bullia. Uh, C minus. Price. Uh, C. Galchenyuk. Uh, the, uh, B minus. Gallagher. Uh, C. Rajilov. Uh, A minus. Kirkmuller. Um, A minus. Almontoya. Um, B minus. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. All right. That's it. Subscribe to our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. No medical exam or health questions will be asked. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Time now for voices. And, uh, you know, we mentioned off the top we'd hear from uh, the commissioner of the National Hockey League. But uh, first off, Montreal Canadiens and, well, not so much uh, last night. And uh, I don't know if this was, like, the worst performance of the season, but uh, it was darn close to that. What, what was that? I mentioned the song before, T.G. Shepard. Uh, the song starts off, um, I'm, I'm going home. But my mind's already there. So that's, that's pretty I don't think that's exactly what the words are, but you get the general idea. I'm leaving now, but my mind's already home. And that's the way the Canadians played last night. Here they are. Yeah, Kerry uh, played great, and uh, you don't have to look at the shots to know that. I think sometimes that, you know, it doesn't always paint the picture, but uh, we still had an opportunity to uh, win the game going in tied into the third on the road. So, um, you know, obviously needed a better effort tonight. It looks like the thing was empty, honestly. You know, I thought we have nothing. I could see it from the beginning of the game, and everything was hard for us. And uh, uh, But you know what? They played a good game. They were on puck. They were getting well they were tough to play against we didn't come out the way we wanted to you know, we didn't compete um, you know through the whole 60 you know, we put ourselves behind in the game and had to work out of it yeah it's going to be it's going to be huge for us um, I mean you can look how many games we've played this year already and how condensed the season is with back-to-backs and everything so we actually get a few days rest you know um, recuperate re-energize and they'll come back at it uh, out of the break well, that team played very well um, you know they played with a lot of speed they made it hard for us to, to come up the ice um, you know, they executed their game plan perfectly. All right. So there you go. Canadians are tired. Oh, suck it up! <laughs> Mike Babcock, it's been a good week for Coach's Rants. You're going to like this. You're tired? You're tired? Have a listen to Babcock. When you were young, you play three minor hockey games in one day. No one knows. You eat a burger, and then you have some fries, and you put a little ketchup on the side, and you keep playing. You don't know. No one told you you were tired, so you're not tired. So this is just because now we have all these people working for us. They say, you got to eat this and do this. and be tired. Forget that. Play the game. What usually happens is you get greedy. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? And that's what you get used to wanting to win every night, and you should. And so it's disappointing when you don't. And it's disappointing when you don't play as good as you could. So that's the part for me tonight is is we didn't have enough guys playing hard enough and in the end a lot of the games in the National Hockey League have nothing to do with skill it just has to do with will and determination at the end and they showed more you're tired you're tired you big babies right, there you go I like that one Frank Babcock uh, Montreal Canadiens acquired a defenseman yesterday from Tampa Bay here's the general manager Mark Bergevin He's a good young defenseman, skates well, moves the puck, and we'll see where his game's at when he gets with us next week. Yeah, no, we have seen him. He, uh, he had some really good games against us. He, he competes. He's not the biggest guy, but he plays hard and uh, skates well. And uh, again, he's only 23 years of age, so uh, 
defensemen always take a little longer, and time will tell where, he's, where his game's at when he gets uh, to be with the Canadians. All right. There you go. By the way, uh, you can read Andrew Berkshire online. He says the Canadians might have themselves a steal. So we'll talk to him about that just after 8.30 in, uh, you know, about 10 minutes' time. Also, uh, his 67 since 67. Okay, so the best players since expansion. And uh, he's down to his top 10. We'll talk to him about that as well. All right. Um, what we've talked a lot about in the opening of the show, Olympics, NHL, what's the deal? Here's the commissioner. Uh, actually, it's not even on the agenda. I mean, there's nothing new since the board meeting in December. Uh, nothing has transpired. Uh, uh, there, there have been no the substantive discussions uh, on the subject uh, with with either uh, the uh, uh, IOC or uh, the Players Association. So there's really nothing going on. And that's what I'm going to tell the board. Oh, that's great. That's just great. Thanks very much. Please. Hockey Night in Canada, Elliot Friedman, tell us something, some good news. It had been hinted to me that that was going to be the case last week. I guess this is the, the final confirmation. I mean, you guys, you know, we kind of, you know, being around the NHL as long as we have, just covering it, uh, it, it's not a move that surprises me a ton because I think the league has made it very clear that their position is they're not going to be judged in that direction, but they're given some incentive to doing it. So no incentive yet, but I find it hard to believe, guys, that it won't come up, as John was just saying. So there you go. So what you said, okay? It's not on the agenda, but, but, but. We'll see. And uh, finally, uh, getting ready for the NBA All-Star Game. The voting is in, and man, there are some people upset and how some of the voting is gone and some of the players that are on the team. LeBron James, what about the voting? Uh, I voted for who I thought uh, deserved. That simple. Do you think that it, it worked the way that, that it was intended? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how everybody voted. There were some goofy um, votes. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. There's always goofy votes. I mean... Donald oh, Trump is our oh, president. <laughs> Thank you. Ten CC. You know, I don't know this band at all. They were. Uh, that's the best concert I saw of band of a band that most people don't know. <laughs> well, it's not fair, you know. Come on, they weren't better than Zeppelin. They weren't better than the Who. They weren't better than Dylan. They were, you know, yeah. those are, you know, everybody knows those bands. Yeah. But they were a terrific show. Hmm. Terrific show. Everybody can sing, and everybody can play guitar. And so there, there are times where all five of them would stand at the front of the stage and. Um, and two of their people uh, were at the forefront of uh, of the video age. Okay. Of making videos, you get an opportunity see the video cry. 
that was made by uh, Graham Goldman and ah, I forget. Two of the guys from the band. Just uh, look it up. Great song. It sounds just like a 10CC song, but uh, it, it looks like a CBC vignette as the, the faces m- meld into one another during during the video. Okay. An early, uh, terrific video. And it's funny because one of the show, one of the songs that we have here tonight was also uh, on a uh, Vanguard when it when it came to uh, videos and won a video of the year, and that was Sledgehammer. If you uh, remember, do you remember the video yes, for, yes. for Sledgehammer? Didn't things come out Gabriel? of Peter's fa- yeah, head or yeah. something. Yeah, so yeah. And that was that was like wow at the time. Ooh, so a that whole, is one uh, of my favorite yeah. songs. Period. Ah, I'm a big, uh, big uh, Peter yeah. Gabriel fan. And I was, I was listening to uh, a lot of Peter Gabriel driving in today, yeah. and I'm thinking how many more songs I like by Peter Gabriel than I did Peter Gabriel with Genesis. Oh, I see. You like his solo stuff more than yeah, his more. Genesis stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do you I like? Sh- do you like? Um, who was the? Who took over from Peter? No, uh, Phil Collins. Phil, do you like no. post uh, Je- Peter no. Gabriel Genesis? No. no, no, no. Phil Collins. I like. I like uh, Peter Gabriel. Peter. Ga- I like Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. <laughs> and I like Genesis. Peter Gabriel. <laughs> right. I don't like Phil Collins. Phil Collins. And I don't like Genesis. Phil Collins, except for Abacab. I think if he was singing in that song, right. then I like that song. That's about it. All right. Uh, we'll talk uh, hockey. We're going to talk about uh, the best 67 six, since 67 and the top 10 and the Canadians trade two days ago because Andrew Berkshire is on that, uh, doing a whole lot of writing for Vice and other places. He'll join us after Freddie's update. Should be interesting. There's no hockey tonight. Let's see what Freddie has up his sleeve. You're listening to Sportsnet tonight. I'm Elliot Price. Subscribe to our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Do not settle. Demand. Demand. Sportsnet 590 The Fan on demand. Uh, Andrew Berkshire, always uh, great to talk to you, but uh, there's there's extra. There's extra to talk tonight. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Uh, looking at your NHL's greatest uh, 67 since 67, and you had it uh, down to the top 10 today. And i got to say, uh, since it's... Since 1967, it's it's my time. It's like for me, it's like watching the Wonder Years or uh, <laughs> watching Almost Famous because it's my time, right? I mean, I'm 10 years old in '67, so all these guys have come into the league since I was a kid. And you know, I was looking down the list. I've interviewed six of your top 10, but I've cool. only I've only mm-hmm. spent time with one of them. And I, I got to tell you a story concerning Patrick Waugh. Uh, because when Patrick, he's a huge baseball fan. And so we had, we had a connection. Not only that, he's a big fan of card collections. Hmm. And so Patrick and I, he was uh, uh, with the Canadians. I don't know, it was 87, 88. I don't know. Canadians were in the playoffs and I was talking to Patrick. And I, I told him that there was a, a place not far from the hotel, a card place. And so Patrick and I went to this card place in Boston, and there is this huge poster in this card store of Patrick Waugh, and he is standing at the counter, and this guy doesn't know who he is. He does not know. He does, and I'm, I'm like, I'm going to pee my pants. I'm with Patrick Waugh in a card store in Boston, and this guy never knew. I mean, he never told him. Uh, that Patrick, yeah, because he wore a mask. This is a goalie. Never knew that Patrick Wall was in his place, and right above his head is a huge poster of the Canadians' goaltender with a mask. Oh, too funny. Just, I'm just saying, oh, man. So, so now, did you see the uh, video of a, a taxi driver with John Elway? Oh, in the yeah, back we played it. About how John Elway was the greatest. Yeah, we we we, <laughs> we played it. Uh, what's that? 
Yeah, right. We played it on the air the other day. It was That's terrific. Right. It, it played out well in Very audio bad. as well, except for the part where they asked him if they wanted to sleep with him. We didn't run that part. <laughs> but but we, ran, we ran the rest of it. Okay, let's, uh, you know what, let's start with Patrick Waugh, because uh, as far as I can tell here, he's the only goalie in your top ten. So why, why Patrick Waugh? Yeah, for me, Patrick Waugh, I mean, like, part of it is bias, because Patrick Waugh is my favorite player when I was growing up. He was the reason why I fell in love with the game and fell in love with the Montreal Canadiens. But also, you look at the impact that Patrick Waugh and uh, Francois Allaire had on the game of hockey. An entire generation, two generations now of goaltenders, play like Patrick Waugh. He was the template on which modern goaltending was based. And a lot of people will say, oh, you know, Dominic Hasek was better in his prime than Patrick Waugh. There's an argument for that. But how many guys do you see in the NHL playing like Dominic Hasek? None. But they all have some <laughs> bits of their game that, result, that revolve around Patrick Waugh's style and Francois Allaire's style that completely changed goaltending, uh, brought it from a position where you put the overweight kid in hockey camps it, as a goaltender to a, a position that players wanted to play. You know, you look at a generation, especially in Quebec, of great Quebecois goaltenders who got into the game because of Patrick Waugh, and I feel like that brings him into the top ten. Well, he certainly produced the single most impressive performance uh, that I've ever seen live by any hockey player, and that was Game 3 of the semifinals, 1986, against the New York Rangers. Uh, it changes the whole series, right? The Canadians win the Cup because of that game. Uh, they're up two games to none. If the Rangers win Game 3 in New York, we're on, you know, we're on serve. And the Rangers win that. Who knows what happens? And the Canadians are facing an onslaught. And they win it in overtime. And I swear they had one chance in overtime. And Claude Lemieux got the goal. And the only reason they were there, because of Patrick Waugh at Madison Square Garden in New York. And he was a baby uh, the night that he did that. So that, that is the greatest performance I, I have ever seen from a player in a crucial situation. Uh, Sydney is number four on your list. Man, he's got Bobby Orr, Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky in front of him. Is there anything that he can do between now and the end to bust through that top three? Ooh, that would be one heck of a tall order. Yeah. I think he would have to maintain like his, reg his pace that he's had the last few years for probably another 10 to 12 years to even make an argument for himself, just because those three guys were so ridiculously great. It's just really tough, and I think that you know, Sidney Crosby plays in an era where you can't be like Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux were earlier in their careers where you sacrifice defense for offense. He always has to be aware on the defensive side, so you can make the argument that that should push him up, even if his points never catch them. But, I mean, it's such a huge gap for, for those guys to, to Sidney Crosby. And as much respect as I have for Crosby, I feel like, you know, the injuries derailed a lot of his prime. And without that, you know, to to put in there, it's going to be really tough for him to catch. I think it would have to be playoff performances and big ones in order to break into there. All right. Uh, we are lucky to have three of your top ten still currently playing. Of course, the battle between Sid and Ovechkin have gone on since they were rookies. But it's amazing that the other guy is still out there and will be out there until who the hell knows 
and he missed three NHL years in Yarmir Yager. Uh, he he broke in as I mean he is unbelievable. He is one of a kind, you know, for this generation. He's almost again. I don't want to make any sacrilege for a lot of people who idealize him, but he is this generation's Gordie Howe in a lot of ways. You know, he lives and breathes the game. Uh, you, you talk to people around him and they say, you know, he, he doesn't take days off. He has a special key to get into the arena or the practice rink to go and work out at 2 in the morning because he finds that if he, if he waits all night to work out, his body stiffens up. So he's working out with, like, weights on, skating, at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and then he's back out for morning skate and practices. Like, he's just a machine, and he's, he's still the best player on the Florida Panthers, which, you know, you could argue injuries are helping that out. But he's still fantastic at 45 years old come May. It's unbelievable what he's able to accomplish. And the second-highest-scoring player in history now, who played most of his prime in the clutch-and-grab era, it, it's just unfathomable how good this guy is. And it, when I was watching all the, the videos to scout all these players, I watched the, some of his greatest goals, and then I moved on to last year's All-Star game during the breakaway shootout when PK did his impression of him. And he's just... You look at Yager laughing, and how can you not love that guy? He's so affable and personable. He's just incredible. It's good, because he lost his way, you know, for a while. And Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, any, I mean, is, is there, a, is there a, a player that people have given you the most grief over for their standing, either too high or too low? Um, there have been a few people asking about Dale Howarchuk, for sure. Right. I've got a couple people asking about uh, Brian Trottier. Uh, oh, yeah. A couple people asking about Jonathan Taves a little bit sarcastically. But uh, yeah, you've been all over my boy lately. I got to tell you, <laughs> you've been all over him. Well, I'll tell you that uh, it, when Jonathan Taves was struggling this year, I was one of the guys who was defending him, and I think he's been fantastic most of the year, and yeah. especially lately. So he's still a top ten, top nine center in the game, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon. A lot of people are too quick to throw the word decline out there. He's still in his mid twenties. Uh, I think he's going to be a great player for a really long time still. So. No worries about Jonathan Taves, but I think uh, Brian Troche is a great example of the kind of player Jonathan Taves is. Right. That's why they all wear 19, including mm. uh, the guy number 10 on your list in Sackick. I mean, Sackick and Iserman and all these guys, they were 19 because of Brian Troche. Go, go ahead, Fred. Andrew, uh, of the new generation of, of young talent in the NHL, who, who do you see making this kind of list in the future? Well, I mean, Connor McDavid is obviously going to be on there. I think there's. it's hard to argue that. He's just you know a, a kind of dynamic that we've never really seen before with that kind of skating stride. Uh, I think Austin Matthews has got a great chance to crack that kind of list. Yeah, you look at him play and uh, watching tons of footage of uh, Yarmer Yager, I was surprised at how similar he and Austin Matthews play. They've got that really wide reach, the incredible stick handling, and a lot of, you know, they kind of turn their butt to a guy to protect the puck and they'll stand still stick handling until somebody makes a mistake and find a way to get a scoring chance. He, he's like the, a, a kind of player that we've seen before in the 1990s. So I, I think he's a guy, if he has the longevity to do it, could be a big impact player. Uh, another one's Eric Carlson. I think he could move up the list uh, pretty far 
Uh, he's currently the second highest era adjusted scoring defenseman per season after Bobby Orr, which is incredible. And uh, obviously, Carey Price. It was tough to not put Carey Price on the list because I think that he is probably already a top 100 uh, player of all time because he is so good. But the fact is that early in his career, drags him down a little bit. Playing on some pretty bad Habs teams drags him down a little bit. And he doesn't have the playoff accomplishments yet. So that drags him down a little bit, too. And and Patrick Kane, because, I mean, you know, he does have the Stanley Cup uh, three of them, and he's won a scoring championship. He probably would have won two if he didn't break his collarbone. Yeah, Patrick Kane was right up there, and and he's the kind of guy that you know his scoring has improved as he's aged. So yeah. if he continues to score like he has been, and especially the partnership he has with Artemi Panarin, you know he could easily break that. Hey, great talk. We didn't even ask you about uh, the Canadians' defenseman. Uh, <laughs> was there a trade? <laughs> I had you wrote about it, about uh, how the Canadians, so we got a minute. Uh, how, how did the Canadians get this deal here? How did they get it? Uh, I'm not sure because it's a bit, a bit of larceny. They gave up pretty much no assets, and they got a player who can immediately jump onto your third pair and probably improve it. Uh, I like this trade a lot. I think Mark Bergman deserves a lot of credit for it. He was going somewhere, and so it, it's not about uh, you know talking them into grabbing this guy. It's about being the guy on the phone every day, checking out from different general managers all the time who's available, and then you're at the door when somebody's available. That's remarkable work by the general manager. I totally agree. Great talking with you, Andrew. Thanks for uh, sitting in tonight. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Great talking to you guys as well. All right. Uh, go and read his uh, top 67 uh, since 67. And, of course, uh, the Andrew Berkshire podcast. You can find his writings at Vice. You can find them at Artigas. You can find them at Sportsnet. You can Twitter. He's everywhere. Well, of course. <laughs> you know. He really writes short bits on, on Twitter. Everyone writes short bits. That's true. You can only write short bits. On <laughs> you know what? I didn't get a chance to ask him, and, and, and maybe maybe I'll tweet him instead. I'm curious how long it took him to write 67, how long it took him to get 67 players. Like, how long it took him to narrow yeah. down this list. It seems like it would be a very difficult task. Yeah. And then uh, some of the guys you leave off the list. Yeah. All right, uh, Rory Boylan coming up next. Rory is... What'd you say? Well, he wrote a very interesting article on how... He, to make the NHL All-Star Skills Competition interesting. And I thought of an idea, too. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Rory and <laughs> Freddie coming up next. Doctor, we suggest a prescription for one of our shows. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Fake Doctor's Orders. Sportsnet 590 The Fan on Demand. Welcome back. No. Hey, look, I'm sorry. We were we were just uh, watching Bruce Boudreaux uh, on Sportsnet, and uh, I started singing Roly Poly Oly, and unfortunately, Freddie's never heard of... It's a little too new. I'm a little too old for that, I think. Well, it's not that new. I mean, my daughter's 17, so she watched it when she was 3, 4, 5. So it's got to be at least a decade old. I wouldn't be surprised if it's some sort of Canadian show. But anyways, <laughs> he, he, lives in a, he lives in a world of round, right? right? If, if, you are, if you are square... Then they look at you funny. D d because is this theme? is... What's that? Is that theme in the show? It's roly-poly-oly. I'm sorry. I, I mean, uh, hey! 
time for Rory Boylan, which sounds way too much like Rolly Polio. <laughs> How you doing, Rory? Not bad. I have no idea what this show is talking about. <laughs> That's because you don't fall into the age group that would have watched it or the age group that would have kids that would have watched it. So, That's right. <laughs> okay, but, uh, and before we continue, I need to know if the guy in the avatar wearing the red socks is you. That's me, yep. Yeah. I got to tell you, and I'm just okay with the Red Sox, okay? If it was a Bruins, we might have a problem. And I'm not a Habs fan. I'm just, I'm just saying. But then I could give you the 17 seconds, and that's always a, that's always a good out. All right. Uh, the All-Star Game is upon us, and um, we need to spice it up. So what do you got? How I would change it? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, geez, I mean, I think... Um, what they did last year, I mean, I think a lot of what happened last year had to do with the fact John Scott was there and the story that surrounded him. I don't imagine that they'll have the same kind of success this year. I mean, what can you do? I think with the All-Star game, you just got to come back and, and change it, tweak it, whether it's this kind of a format or you go from east to west, east versus west to Europe versus North America. If every few years you can come back with a, with a different twist on it, even something like the draft that they had for a couple years in a row that was fun and that kind of shakes it up and that keeps people a little interested in it because it's going to get stale no matter what you do after after a few years but uh, uh, as far as the skills competition goes i wrote an article for sportsnet this week uh my grand idea for this for the skills competition with that i would love to see i don't know how realistic it is to actually pull off though would be to invite former all-stars retired all-stars back to try their specific areas of strength. And when I say that, I'm thinking about, you know, you have the All-Stars go out and do their accuracy shooting, and then you bring in Ray Bork to try the accuracy shooting just to see how he can do it. And you can have a little fun with that. And, uh, you know, maybe you bring Paul Korea out to do the the, uh, the stick handling um, around the pylons or Ally Friday around McKinnis to see how hard they can still shoot the puck at this age. I think that something like that would be fun, and, and it would be just cool to see those guys come back out and, and you know, have a little fun with it again. Which, which leads us to why don't they bring the best players in the league in each of those disciplines rather than yeah. the best players that are already there? I've said it many times. I told the story yesterday, and I'll tell it again. Um, used to uh, cover the Canadians, and uh, Serge Boisvert, he wasn't a star you know, he was just uh, one of those guys. And after practice, he had this little thing he would do. He would stand between the blue line and center ice, closer to center ice, and he would chip down on the edge of the puck, and it would flip straight up in front of him, and he'd do a 360, and he'd take a baseball swing in it, and he could hit the net. And he could do this. <laughs> he could do this. I mean, and there are guys in the NHL that can do this sort of stuff that aren't the best players in the league. Invite them to show the tricks that they can do, and you have something else. So besides the players to come back that have already shown that they're the best at it, what about the guys from today that are the best at it? Just saying. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board with you there. And like the example that you gave there would be a good, um, a, a good reason to keep that uh, kind of you know, their take on the slam dunk competition that they got rid of this year where the players would go down and try and do fancy right. stick handling moves or, or dress up or whatever. Like, instead of just having the guys that are there, bring somebody who has some amazing stick trick that they exactly. that they practice regularly and just, just to show it off. And I'm thinking like, an example that I would think off the top of my head for like that would be years ago, Rob Shrimp had these amazing oh boy, stick yeah. skills. He would never make an all-star game, <laughs> yeah. right? But he would be great. And going a little bit further... 
um, you know, something for like the hardest shot. Like it's great that we have Shea Weber there, but I, I still want to see Zdeno Chara out against Shea Weber, see if he can still shoot the puck harder than him. Chara's the one with the all-time record, right? So even though he's, um, you know, not one of the all-stars this year, I, I would rather him come out to try the hardest shot and be part of that. And I want to see the the guys who are going to, you know, give the best here, having Dylan Larkin out there in the, in the fastest skater against Connor McDavid. I'd like to see that. Um, have them be part of the event too. And I know there are some, um, you know, that might not be easy to convince the NHLPA maybe to have more guys come off their time off to come and be involved in this. But, you know, it's fun. And, and I agree 100% they should bring the guys. You know, you have your all-star game where you have your all-stars and everything, but then it's, the skills competition should be about the guys who are the best at the different disciplines that they're um that they're out there to showcase. I tell you what, uh, while you're bringing back Ally and Frady, why don't you make the guys today use Ally and Frady's stick, huh? How about that? Yeah, See, yeah that's the other thing. If, if they were to come back out and, and do it, would they do it with wood sticks? <laughs> that, that would be kind of cool to see how they would how they would do uh, with, with those sticks. <laughs> how, much, how much does it actually increase these shots? Rory Frady here. Or maybe, yes, have them do... The shot, one in with a wood stick and one with a hybrid. So then if Shea Weber's getting up there, and then you either average it or you whatever. Well, it'll be great to see the difference in uh, in the miles per hour sure, or the yeah. kilometers per hour uh, in using the two sticks and give you an idea of what the goaltenders face today compared to what they used to face. And maybe fastest skating, we start use some old skates, some of those old-timey skates. Oh, my God. We have a lot of fun <laughs> <Yeah>. doing this. <laughs> Yeah, just, just just to shake it up, anything anything to kind of you know give a little different spin on it than we than we've seen in the past. I, I mean, for me, I love the skills competition. That's the highlight of All Star Weekend for me personally, and I think a lot of people might share that view because it's it's a little more fun and there's a little bit more competition going on. I think than than what you're actually going to see in the All Star game. That's that's like a game of shinny is there. Yeah, but at least there's competition now. Uh, previously, it was just let's yeah. see who can yeah. run up the most. Nobody checked anybody, and it was sort of a lazy skate around. It's not a lazy skate around now. No, I, no. I wonder how long that that you know <laughs> how, that it was maybe a little better last year, but I don't know. I to me the all I, I have a hard time getting into the All Star game. I'll watch it, and it's you know it's something that I think. Overall, it's more for, for kids. I definitely sure. have, have more fond memories of the All-Star game, the skills competition, when I was growing up as a kid, so I would never advocate for like getting rid of it or anything crazy like that. But, uh, um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. The All-Star game, you either like it or you don't like it, and I'm one of the people that has a hard time getting into it. But, but last year, definitely, absolutely, was an improvement in, in what we've seen in the years past. But, uh, but I do think at some point it's going to get stale again and not to shift gears. Yep, they'll, they'll have to come up with something else. It's interesting because yeah. when I was a kid, they played like 4-2, 5-3, and then all of a sudden the scores, and we were very excited the first time somebody put up stupid numbers, and then it started happening every year, and so that wasn't good anymore either. Yeah, yeah, it just got to be, yeah, like I said, a game of shinny. There's no, there was no checking. Um, you know, you did have those memorable moments from time to time, like the Owen Nolan calling a shot on, on Dominic Hasek, but Overall, it just wasn't a good representation of of what hockey is. But it's you know it was almost it was equivalent to uh, football's Pro Bowl. I mean, who watches that? <laughs> who watches the Pro Bowl? Amen. <laughs> Is that it? You done, Freddie? Well, I had look. I had here uh, this idea about wood sticks, but I had I came oh, up with another I sure, idea. Sure, you did. Okay? After <laughs> I came I up said with another idea just now, as you and Rory were speaking. Have the coaches play the game. 
Let's get the 30 coaches out there for some three-on-three. Three. Bag skate them. Well, maybe not. <laughs> That'll be an all-star game. Skater among the coaches. I don't know. The shot among the coaches. Hey, I tell you what. The worst skater among the coaches is going to hear about it for the rest of his career. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, Roy. yeah. That would be a nice little spin too. I don't know if you get Claude Julian to buy in on. Like that. <laughs> hey, Claude was a decent player. Once <laughs> he, he was, was. He, he was, was once upon a time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great talking with you, Rory. All right. Anytime, guys. Take okay. Care. Don't enjoy the All Star game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, enjoy the skills. The skills. He's not going to enjoy the All-Star. You want you to tell him enjoy it. What's your favorite skills competition? Which one? Shares. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. That's, I guess the channel flipping competition. I don't, I don't really care. I always used to love the hardest shot. That's the one I... Even now, I, I for some reason, there's something... There's something about a hardest shot. You know what? Sometimes some of them are okay, but yeah. I don't want to see it ten times. No, okay, right. right. You know what? Um, I'd like to see Patrick Kane go through the obstacle course. Oh. I want to see nine other guys do it. Right. Okay, I don't want to watch guy after guy after guy shoot the puck at uh, the targets. I, it's just... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're right. It's it gets not, stale you know, and dull. Exactly. And, and, I, I, want to see, I want to see the last two guys in the fastest skate. Right. I want to see everybody else skate. That's why I think your idea, uh, you know, bring in the guys who have skills who may not be all-stars and let them show off. All right. There you go. It's been fun uh, talking about uh, the All-Star Game. Great talking to Rory Boylan. He joins us every Friday night. You can read what he has to say or he has to write on uh, sportsnet.ca. Talk to Andrew Berkshire. Talk some football because the aforementioned Pro Bowl is right around the corner. And they have, the NFL, has rejigged their weekend. Right. So now they have a skills competition. And how did that go? Grant said he was looking forward to it. But Maybe Grant, that's why he stayed home. He breathes football. Exactly. Yeah. People that breathe hockey are not excited about the All-Star game, so that doesn't it doesn't jibe, right? No, that's true. Maybe because it's new. What, the All-Star game? No, the, uh, the skills competition? In, in, uh, in football. I don't know, but DK knows. Dan Kalis uh, coming up. We'll talk to him about the National Football League and what's going on a week before the Super Bowl. Freddie's got an update, whatever's going on. Coming up next, this is Sportsnet Tonight. I'm Elliot Price. This ain't like when you're at a game and sign up for a credit card just to get the prize and then you immediately cancel the credit card. Because there's no prize when you sign up for our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go to the pub. Ye old orchard pub. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go to the pub. Ye old orchard pub. Well, if you haven't been there, you probably should. Yeah, the beer is cold and the food is good. I think all my friends in the neighborhood. Gotta go, gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go to the pub. Ye old orchard pub. Now open on Salivary and Chattagay. You want your money to grow. You want it to be there when the time comes. Let me tell you about Paramount Financial Services and Lauren Rubin at 514-905-0885. He's taken care of my money for years and I can worry about other things. Does your financial advisor move your money around constantly to make sure he's making money whether you do or not? Let's not forget, it's your money. And Paramount Financial Services will take care of what's most important and that's you. Call them at 514-905-0885. It's 
your money. Grow it for a better future. Paramount Financial Services. Say goodbye to buffering, stuttering, and annoying pop-ups. Say hello to Sportsnet Now. A new way to stream sports without cable TV. Matchups from the MLB, NBA, and the NHL. And more of your favorite Sportsnet programming. Plus, watch every Blue Jays game on any device in true high definition. Your sports, your way, starts now. Visit sportsnet.ca slash now to start your free trial. Another great year at Windmill Heights Golf Club. More work done as the course gets better and better. And more improvements on the way for 2017. Family owned with an ear to their members. You have a suggestion? They'll listen. But chances are they already know. They play their own course. Golf too expensive? Not this year. Call Windmill Heights Golf Club and we'll make it work. I love the ease of travel, the food, and the fact that they won't ask me for more money when the season's over. Great food, great golf, great price, great members. Call Lino Carboni, 514-453-7177, extension 3. 514-453-7177, extension 3. They're creating something special at Windmill Heights Golf Club. You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price and Grant Robinson. Right, uh, Freddie's sitting in for Grant tonight, as he does on occasion, uh, talking to DK Daniel Kalis a week before the Super Bowl. Hey, DK. Hey, how are you guys doing? All right. Does everyone call you D? What do they call you? They call you DK? All your friends? Yeah, a lot of people call me DK, yeah. All right. Just wondering. And so uh, here we are. It's, uh, it's the Pro Bowl weekend. And and so what? I mean, Grant was excited about uh, the skills competition. Uh, I'm sorry, did this happen already? <laughs> yeah, it, I missed it. I, I, I was on at eight o'clock, which I'm wondering oh. is why Grant might not be in tonight. Is because he's oh, at home watching the skills competition. <laughs> well, he'll have to write out a full report and and come in on Monday and tell us all about it. So he he was excited. He said there's some new events, and so you're you're really good, Mr. NFL. Coming on, you didn't even watch it. I got to tell you, okay, I, sh- I, I should send I, you I back. Started. I got it recorded at home. I'm oh. going to go home now, and I'm going to check it out. Luckily, they these are all. It was all taped a couple of days ago, so we know that no one got hurt. A couple of years ago, they had that you know game we've talked about before, the Robert Edwards uh, you know beach uh, beach football That's game. Right, got yeah. injured. So the good news is no one got hurt in any of these random skills competitions. Did Robert Edwards uh, eventually come and try out for the Alouettes? May have even play a game or two. Did he not? Oh yeah, he played a couple of games. Had a couple of good seasons up here. Yeah. All right. Um, what's going on today? Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, he is, he's not. Um, there was a report today that he's going to miss the entire 2017 season now, and his agent's saying, hey, hey, whoa, uh, what's, uh, where do we stand with this? Look, when he, when he was injured, I, I think most people remember the, the, the reports of, of how, you know, most players have seen a lot of bad injuries on the field over their time of playing through, you know, high school and college and in the pros. But when Teddy Bridgewater got injured, uh, the, the videos and the images of the other players' reaction was they, it was a very gruesome injury. Uh, it was a very bad injury. And it was a type of injury similar to an injury of what, uh, you know, Victor Cruz had. And we saw how long it took him to get back. So I think that's the reason why uh, they were willing to pay so much to get Sam Bradford was because not only did they get a quarterback to play last year, he's under contract for next year. And it's a reasonable contract. So so they were protecting themselves for this eventuality that either he might not be ready for the whole season, he might not be ready till halfway through the season. But this way, they don't have to rush him back because they have a quarterback who's ready to go. And while he didn't, you know, he started off well, 
She didn't kill it, but I think a lot of the problems on that team were not necessarily Sam Bradford. They were a lot more due to the uh, offensive line and the lack of a running game. DK, Freddie here. Des Bryant said earlier today that the Cowboys are the only team that can beat the Falcons. What do you think about what he said? Um, <clears throat> I don't really agree with that because every year something different. So he says that now based on how his team looks today. But, you know, next year who knows how his team's going to be, who knows how the Falcons are. But, you know, look, Green Bay beat them. If Green Bay has a bit of a better defense next year and they're not playing with uh, no-name DBs, I think Green Bay can beat them. I think, uh, you know, some other teams are going to be better next year. If Seattle is Earl Thomas playing in that game, I think that's a different game. So, you know, every season, it's always dependent of who's healthy and who's playing right at the good time. The Falcons beat the guys in front of them. The Cowboys didn't beat them. So, look, it's nice for Dez to say that, and it's good for him to be confident in his team, but I think it's just a lot of hot air. All right. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are looking for a new general manager. Um, any idea which direction they're going in? I mean, th when you have a quarterback like they do, you better put some people around him before he gets beat up and you lose one of the better players in the National Football League. Well, if they want, I know someone who's out of a job that interviewed there a couple of years ago, Mr. Jim Pop, I'm sure would be interested again. But uh, on a more serious note, I, look, I think it's a job that, you know, most GMs are going to want because you already have the the, the quote-unquote franchise quarterback there and you can build around them. So uh, I think they're going to have a lot of people interested in the job. It's just a matter of, you know, can you work with, with Jim Irsay and is he going to be willing to give a guy the power to make all the decisions? But uh, I, I think they're going to have a much easier job finding a more uh, quality candidate than the San Francisco 49ers because of the mess that they seem to have going there. All right. Why does it matter? Uh, the NFL is looking into the Steelers not placing running back Livion Bell on the injury reports. Um, I, I know that you're 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 focusing in on on game plan or whatever it is, but man, it's easy to turn a game plan away from not having to defend this guy when he gets hurt. Then if uh, I don't know, it just it seems silly to me. I agree, and there was talk that there, there's also going to be a similar punishment to the Seattle Seahawks yeah. because of an injury to Richard Sherman. Look, uh, we all know that the injury report is out there for uh, more for gambling purposes than for any other reason. Uh, I, I don't really understand the whole logic behind it. I don't. I, yes, it's going to make a big difference in the game planning, but I, I don't know how often the teams can really believe what's on those injury reports anyway, since a lot of teams put guys that aren't really injured or who knows how injured they are. If they broke a rule, I guess they broke a rule, and they'll have to be punished. But uh, I think it's a whole lot of nothing. All right. Uh, the CFL lost a coach today. Uh, ends up as a quarterback's coach, uh, Todd Milanovic, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's going on here? Well, that's, I'm sorry. I must have missed that. What was that news? Uh, Todd Milanovic leaves the Toronto Argonauts to take over as quarterback's coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Scott Milanovic. I guess, you know, look, uh, when they lost their GM, Barker, and, I, and they've been working together ever since, uh, I guess he saw the writing on the wall that with the new GM coming in, it's very often that new GM is going to want a coach that he brings in someone that he either has worked with in the past or he has, you know, some type of relationship with or so they have that trust factor because a GM and a coach have got to be on the same page in terms of the, you know, the outlook of where they want the team to be currently this season and currently for the future season. So,
So it's very hard to have that with a coach who's been there before and, you know, you're a new GM coming in. So maybe he saw the rain on the wall and he said, you know what, I have an opportunity to go down to the NFL to get a job there and to start my NFL career. Uh, they've got a, a young quarterback who's had some up and downs. And if he can get Blake Bortles right, uh, this is going to, you know, uh, a, a coach can skyrocket in the NFL. You saw, like, the young kid in Washington who's now a head coach. Uh, he just turned 31. Milanovic is obviously older. But if you can turn a quarterback around, they're very quick to throw around, you know, the quarterback whisperer type of a name. And so uh, that will be good for him. He's, he had some good seasons in Toronto, so he has head coaching experience. Uh, I think it's a good move for him. Well, he uh, was the quarterback with Tampa Bay from 96 to 99. Not a lot of NFL experience. Spent 10 years coaching in the CFL. And let's face it, you're probably going to make more as a quarterback's coach than you're going to make as a head coach in the CFL. Oh, most definitely. And he's going to coach, uh, like I said, on a team that has a good offense. And, and, and it's always about being one step away. Here, yeah, he was the head coach, but there you're one step away. You know, you can become a co- move up to being the OC right away. And OC definitely makes more money than, than a head coach in the, in the CFL. Uh, and, and, and it's all about being there and you're, you're, you're networking more there. You're coaching against other teams. Other teams can see what you can do. Uh, no matter, I know, you know, we know Canada's not very far and they can see the games. Even some of them are now on ESPN, but it's not the same. He's down there now. He's part of the mix and uh you know i don't see him coming back to the cfl for for a while if things go well enough for him mike johnson on sports.ca wrote that should matt ryan win a super bowl he'd virtually be a lock for the hall of fame what do you think about that i i i think that's that's a bit of a stretch uh uh, I, I don't follow the NFL team as strongly as I do, let's say, the MLB team, but they're pretty strict to their rules, and they take some guys take a long time that have had very good careers that have won Super Bowls before, uh, and they didn't get in right away. Uh, look, uh, Kurt Warner didn't get in right away, and, and he was uh, you know, an MVP, and he won a Super Bowl. Uh, if Matt Ryan wins a Super Bowl and continues on the rest of his career, putting up the same kind of statistics as he's been doing, which has always been fantastic without the Super Bowls, yeah, he's on his way. But I don't think just this Super Bowl cemented the same way Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl. I'm not ready to say that Joe Flacco's a, 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 a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, just about everything that I said, Freddie asked me that question earlier. By the way, Elliot's been in everyone's brain today, so uh, he's been in mine. <laughs> hey, look, I see the Cardinals have hired Byron Leftwich. Speaking of crappy uh, Jacksonville quarterbacks. <laughs> Oh, too funny. Uh, He was drafted six spots behind Arizona's Carson Palmer. In 2003, he should still be playing in the National Football League when you're drafted that highly. Yeah, he, he, he had a couple of decent seasons, and then he was a backup for a while in Pittsburgh. Uh, he just never could get going. You know, but some guys are just better coaches than they are, than they end up being players, and they can have a long career as a coach. Uh, he's going to a team that has, like you said, it's funny that he's going to coach Carson Palmer, but working under Bruce Arians, that's a great learning experience to learn under a great offensive mind like that. So uh, that's a good position to be in, and uh, it'll be funny to be working with someone that's you know either his age or, or uh, you know maybe could even be younger than him. Right, with uh, Daniel Kellis. Yep, Daniel Kalis. So uh, we talk football every Monday, Thursday, Friday. You, you look like a man with something on your mind. There, uh, you know, it's Pro Bowl weekend. Obviously, I want to oh, know. I want to so know. Who, I want to know who DK is picking to win it. Oh my God! <laughs> why? Why? You, why don't you ask DK if he's watching it? Are you watching the no, game? He's not. I, I I was not planning to watch there the you game. Go, you see? It, it's something that I think every year I end up somehow flipping the channel. Yeah. I get on it for two seconds. I see one or two plays, and something either just doesn't look like football enough for me to say, okay, I'm going to turn the channel now. I, 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 I can't even imagine to guess who would win the game because I, I, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know who's going to want to show up. It was, it, 
It was bad enough I had to see the guys in their uniforms look like the Seattle Seahawks. What's the deal with that? I mean, who who designed this garbage? <laughs> They've always had weird-looking uniforms for it. Uh, you know, at least when it was in Hawaii, you felt a little bit better. It was nice to be in Hawaii, but, I, I, you know, I would guess it's probably the team who has the ball last since no one plays defense. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, finally, Melvin Gordon understands San Diego fans are hurt uh, by the Chargers' move to Los Angeles. He hopes time can heal those wounds. He says in uh, Kevin Patrick's score, uh, story on NFL.com, I don't think we're going to lose everybody in San Diego. I really don't think of it like that. I just think we're in a break, like a relationship, you know? But she'll be back, and we'll be back, and we'll be back together, and that's how I look at it. Really? How's that going to happen? Uh, I, I'm not back after the Expos have left, and I don't <laughs> ever see myself getting back. So I, I'm not. I'm not like if, if I live if I live my whole life as a San Diego Chargers fan, and they left to LA, I, it's not interested. Sorry, like that's it's gone. It's over. Like I, they're not. They don't. They're not in my city. They're not my team anymore. The the, the LA Chargers. You know, I just to me, I, I don't. I you know, I, I don't see how you come back to that. Unless, of course, you're a Charger fan and you don't live in San Diego. See, as a Raider fan, I had no, I, you know, I felt bad for the people in Oakland, but I was still a Raider fan. They moved to LA. I was a Raider fan. They moved back to Oakland. I was a Raider fan. They're going to move to the, the desert and I'll be a Raider fan unless they're stupid enough to do what they were talking about. And that's rebrand. Can you imagine not being the Raiders? No, they can't do, they gotta <laughs> keep the same, the, the name, the pot, like, it's, it's the Raiders. Your reaction? No. Well, no, seriously. <laughs> I get it. It was a funny reaction. I, I can't imagine not being a fan of the National Football League, but I would leave. That, that, by the way, with regards to San Diego, yeah. you were talking about it. In my head, the first thing that came to mind was, oh, clearly the Jets, people living in Winnipeg have, you know, allegiance issues with the Jets and the Coyotes, right? Clearly, not anymore, that's they don't. On. Even now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, DK. Talk on Monday. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like comedy hour here. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, Super Bowl week uh, by the time uh, DK comes back on Monday, so then we'll really get going. Uh, start delving into, uh, wh you know, um, obviously, Patriots are going to be a favorite coming into the game. We just cross our... Because you never know, right? I mean, the two years they lost to the Giants. Yeah. You know, they're supposed to win, and they, they should have lost to Seattle, who gave them that game. Don't even get Richard Sherman started on that. <laughs> I, you know, as long as it's an entertaining game for me, but I want to see New England win, and I'll tell you why. It's not so much that I, I don't want to see Matt Ryan win or someone new. What I like about the NFL and what I do like about sports is to see franchise greatness. I want to see, you know, we, we don't see it with the, you know, with the Oilers of the past, the Islanders. We don't see that as much anymore. And New England somehow, since 2000, has been that team that is just, you know, you can hang your hat on them. They just win. They've won one Super Bowl in the last 11 years, and they were lucky to win it. I'm just saying. No, no, you're, you're right, but they've always been there. Which I know. means you can always, I guess, bet on them or at least know that they're going to be somewhere near winning it. And, uh, if you're looking for franchise greatness, hopefully you did not watch the Canadians last night. <laughs> we'll hear about them and from them coming up next. This is Sportsnet Tonight. I'm Elliot Price. shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. No medical exam or health questions will be asked. Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. Hell yeah. Price. Is anybody listening? Hell yeah. I'm emotional. Price. Holy cow. Hell yeah.
was my favorite Billy Crystal uh, thing that he did on uh, Saturday Night Live. Which one? You Look Marvelous. Ah, okay. Because uh, he was doing that one, and uh, Randy Tiemann and I used to, like, it, was, it was a crazy thing at the time, right? You'd be at, and everyone used to do it. Salutos, my friends. <laughs> you look, you know what I'm saying to you. <laughs> you look marvelous. Absolutely. And I, I think my favorite, uh, my favorite line that he ever used while he was Fernando yeah. on Saturday Night Live was, uh, and he was sitting there and he was trying to talk himself up, right? And he says, as Mr. Warner once said to me, never park in my spot again. <laughs> so that was, I, I like that one. All right. Uh, Montreal Canadiens last night, not so much. Again, as we mentioned earlier, like the T.G. Shepard song, um, I'm leaving now. But my mind's already home. The Canadians played like that last night. The highlights from our good friend John Bartlett interspersed with your favorite Habs talking about, well, mess in the bed. Here they are. Anders Lee there as well. Comes back for Tavares. Oh, what a club save made by Carey Price. Yeah, Carey uh, played great. And uh, you don't have to look at the shots to know that. I think sometimes that, you know, it doesn't always paint the picture. But uh, we still have an opportunity to uh, win the game going in tied into the third on the road. So, um, you know, obviously needed a better effort tonight. In that stretch, as Andrew Lyon will throw it in front, try to connect with Alan Quine. That got blocked. Lyon's got it back. He'll shoot. Scores! Andrew Lyon with his first goal in 2017. His last marker came on New Year's Eve in Winnipeg. Looks like the thing was empty, honestly. You know, I thought we have nothing. I could see it from the beginning of the game, and everything was hard for us. And uh, uh, but you know what? They played a good game. They were on puck. They were skating well. They were tough to play against. Dennis Seidenberg trying to throw it towards the net off his skate, throw to front place, a save, another big save by Kerry Price. Well, that team played very well. Um, you know, they played with a lot of speed. They made it hard for us to, to come up the ice. Um, you know, they executed their game plan perfectly. Hold you. Off the glass. Sean Front can't get it. Here's Weber with a drive. Off the glove and face into the new score. Jay Weber with a drive that is deflected and it floats its way in. I'm not sure if Radulov got a touch of it before it went in. We kind of got a taste of our own medicine. You know, we jump on teams quickly. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to recover in this league. So um, we just... Just overall, we're in good enough tonight. Off the draw along the boards. Yemelin trying to play, but it's picked up by Tavares. Right in front, scores! Andrew Ladd! What a shot by Andrew Ladd. His second of the night, and it's 2-1 New York. This was a tough night for us. You know, we didn't get nothing. But you got to give a lot of credit uh, to the Islanders. They play a really solid game, but... Um, now what carries was outstanding. If, if it was not from him, uh, the game wouldn't been that close. Yeah. Oh, he's playing very good. You know, he's, I like the way he played last game. I like the way he played tonight. You know, and uh, it's too bad for us that uh, we didn't, we're not able to match the, the effort of the Islanders tonight. It's And Bailey fires it home. The power play goal makes it 3-1. 
we didn't come out the way we wanted to. I mean, we didn't compete, um, you know, through the whole 60. I mean, we put ourselves behind in the game and had to work out of it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be huge for us. Um, I mean, you can look how many games we played this year already and how condensed the season is with back-to-backs and everything. So we nice to get a few days rest, you know, um, recuperate, re-energize, and they'll come back at it uh, out of the break. We play a lot of games, and uh, I think whether things are set or not, we know uh, what we have to do. And um, at the end of the day, we still have a chance to win a game, a road game, uh, you know, one to give us some uh, momentum going into break. And, and uh, you know, fell short. We don't like, uh, you know, the way it played out. So uh, have something to think about now over break and come back better. Some kind of sleeping song there, and that's uh, ZZ Top. We haven't had ZZ Top in in quite a while. That's a good find, Elliot. That really describes the way they they play. I know. Okay, but uh, here I'm going to. uh, Can you uh, can you slide this down here? Because I I think that. Okay, now you can uh, bring it back up because I wanted to play. I wanted to play this again because there you had the Canadians and the coach said, "Ah, oh, they were you know we had nothing left, uh, nothing left in the gas tank." And so I wanted to play this one more time. Here's Mike Babcock talking about his Toronto Maple Leafs and they had nothing left in the gas tank yesterday. And you know what he said? He said this. When you were young, you play three minor hockey games in one day. No one knows. You eat a burger and then you have some fries and you put a little ketchup on the side and you keep playing. You don't know. No one told you you were tired, so you're not tired. So this is just because now we have all these people working for us. They say you got to eat this and do this and be t- forget that. Play the game. What usually happens is you get greedy. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? And that's what you get used to wanting to win every night, and you should. And so it's disappointing when you don't. And it's disappointing when we don't play as good as you could. So that's the part for me tonight is is we didn't have enough guys playing hard enough and in the end a lot of the games in the National Hockey League have nothing to do with skill it just has to do with will and determination at the end and they showed more there you go I'm Mike Babcock now if, if anybody from came down from another planet right and they said we want to hear someone that speaks Canadian <laughs> right that would be my guy they're not tired that's Mike Babcock speaks Canadian, eh? He talked about hot dogs? Uh, hamburger. Uh, uh, you put ketchup on ketchup. it. Have a burger. Burger, hot dogs. Have a burger. Kessel put some was lambasted for having hot dogs. But, you know, you got to have a burger. But Babcock wasn't his coach, was he? All right. Very well. <laughs> All right, so we got an update coming up with Freddie. And uh, then we'll hear from the commissioner of the National Hockey League uh, with our friend John Shannon today at uh, Sportsnet 590, and uh, Gord Stelic, former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's coming up. Don't go away. Uh, everything you need to know about the National Hockey League and what's coming up and the Olympics and stuff like that after Freddie's update. This is Sportsnet Tonight. I'm Elliot Price. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go to the pub. Ye old orchard pub. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go to the pub. Subscribe. 
to our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Do not settle. Demand. Demand. Sportsnet 590 The Fan on demand. the audition good to be here on uh, your friday night and uh, it's a great night in uh, the national hockey league right now as they uh let everyone in on their uh, top 100 of all time looking at uh, some faces that uh, obviously people here would know frank mahovlich uh on stage right now uh we've seen gretzky we've seen Orr. uh just a great night for the national hockey league in their 100th anniversary uh, to have the 100 best players of all time. We talked to Andrew Berkshire about the best players since expansion, best 67 since 67. And uh, if you missed that, you can catch that later tonight, maybe around midnight, maybe a little bit later, as our podcast reaches sportsnet.ca. But here's an opportunity to hear uh, what's up with the National Hockey League. What's right now? Uh, Gary Bettman in conversation with Gord Stelic and John Shannon earlier today on Sportsnet. How are you, Gary? I'm great, but to follow up on what John just said, any night, any games in doubt. Absolutely. Well, you know, that that's uh, that's the, the world of the three-point game, too, Gary. And let's face it, I, I don't recall, and, you know, since, since the invention of the three-point game, I don't recall as tight a playoff race as that we have. And I can't believe we're already, there were days that we never talked about playoff races this early. Well, it, it, it may be a function of that, John, but I think it's more a function of how competitively balanced we are as a league. Uh, every team has the ability to compete, uh, both in terms of talent on the ice and resources available, and that's the system that, that we think has made the game as healthy as it is. All races are in doubt, and we all know once the playoffs begin, anything can happen. Gary is about to unveil the NHL All-Time 100 tonight. I'm just curious. Talk about individual honors. You were named number one in John Shannon's <laughs> top 25 power rankings. Has to be a big week for you. Uh, well, it's, it's very nice. Uh, it's an honor for me to get to do what I do every day. Uh, I don't really, with all due respect to <laughs> polls and rankings, pay a whole lot of attention to that. Uh, I, I get excited about seeing what happens on the ice every night, seeing cold buildings, uh, and seeing the way our fans connect with our great players. Gary, uh, this is on so many different levels, a special all-star game. It starts a special time, or it continues a special time with the 100th anniversary of the National Hockey League, a 50-year uh, anniversary for the Kings and, I guess, four other teams at this point. Where uh, where do you put this year in, the, in, in, in your time at the NHL, and how important is it to celebrate what we've, what we've got in the game? Well, as I think everybody knows, one of the things that makes the NHL so special makes hockey so special is the history and tradition of our game and to be able to celebrate 100 years of nhl hockey that's a really big deal i mean 100 years but it makes us the second oldest professional sports league in north america only behind baseball uh it's it's a testament to the the longevity and the strength 
and the roots of our game, both in terms of the players who have played and the people who have run the game and the fans who have come out to celebrate the game and our athletes. Uh, and something like this, obviously, to say something trite, comes along once in a lifetime. And to be able to celebrate such a great, magnificent history, it's really a celebration of the game and all the people associated with it. So, yes, it's very special, and I'm proud to be a part of it, uh, to have been able, for example, to call each of the 100 greatest players or their families and personally tell them that this recognition was being bestowed upon them or their loved one was one of the truly special things I've ever gotten to do. Yeah, and you were in Toronto, the Centennial Cup, when they started announcing some of them, some of the ceremonies that way. So um, that's going to be great this weekend. The game had really been suffering. Do you think last year is the fix for the foreseeable future? It certainly proved, proved great as a one-year. Do you think you got it right? The All-Star game. Yes, yeah. the actual game. Well, you know, All-Star games, in I think all sports uh, have over time had issues with uh, the competitiveness and the entertainment value. And I think we really hit upon something last year in Nashville. It got universal acclaim in terms of being fun, in terms of being entertaining. Uh, the players enjoyed the experience, uh, and fans reacted to that. And creating an environment for All-Star Weekend where the players are really having fun with it and excited to be here is an important element of any All-Star Weekend. And I think what we accomplished last year, and we're going to, you know, we made a couple of adjustments this year, uh, particularly in the skills competition. I think it, it makes for a fun weekend because what an all-star game is, and let's not get too carried away with, with the purism of this, it's supposed to be a celebration of the sport. And that's what this weekend has become. It's a really big deal here in L.A. as it was last year in Nashville and the year before that in Columbus. Uh, but I think the all-star weekend particularly with tonight's gala honoring the 100 greatest players in the history of the game. I think this weekend's in a really good place. Um, as part of All-Star Weekend, you also get a chance to bring the owners together, a Board of Governors meeting tomorrow morning, I believe. Uh, one of the topics that has to come up at some point is whether you're going to have an All-Star game next year or not, or you're going to go to the Olympics. Uh, actually, it's not even on the agenda. I mean, there's nothing new since the board meeting in December. Uh, nothing has transpired. Uh, uh, there, there have been no the substantive discussions uh, on the subject uh, with with either uh, the uh, uh, IOC or uh, the Players Association. So there's really nothing going on, and that's what I'm going to tell the board. Hey, Gary, wonder. Of course, uh, you see Tom Anselmi hired as the CEO of the Ottawa Senators, and I. Years ago, it was the Canadian teams that were struggling, the, uh, some of them. The dollar then was exceptionally strong and everything was great. You got concerns the way the dollar is going again, back to an old problem with some of the small market Canadian-based NHL teams, or are there more checks and balances in place? There, there are more checks and balances in place. As you know, the system that we have overall, which provides uh, not only for the salary cap and the escrow and the revenue sharing, uh, takes into account the fact that, among other things, because the players are paid in U.S. dollars, that we can do all the computation in U.S. dollars, which accounts for the fluctuation in the Canadian dollar. So there's really no issue there. Uh, the system is working exactly the way it was intended to. How, um, how would you describe this season from a business point of view for the league? Very strong. Attendance is good. Television ratings are good. Uh, business partners are stepping up. Our big events are getting great reception. The two out, the three outdoor games we've had already 
uh, have been phenomenal. Uh, we're we're on on all platforms. Things are going very well, and we continue to see record performance in terms of growth on all platforms. You know, there. Uh, Gordy mentioned Tom. I think something slipped out at his press conference about uh, the senators potentially going to Europe next next year. So that brings the question of schedule. And then what's going to happen as a continuation of the centennial? Do you envision outdoor games, Ottawa, Montreal, in, in later next year? And when would, when would those be announced? Well, if, if we're going to do those games, it would be for next season. So we would probably do it uh, in conjunction uh, with next year's schedule. Or if there are reasons to announce something earlier, we would. But nothing has been finalized. Uh, I think Tom, uh, who's excited and energized about his new position... <laughs> was being more aspirational than necessarily predictive. I want to ask you, you mentioned one of the thrills, the nice part being a commissioner, is calling uh, the players or families, relatives of the top 100. When Gary Bettman's a young hockey fan, who are your favorite players? I, I don't do that because I, in this position, I never allow myself to, to be accused of showing favoritism to anybody. Uh, but I grew up in New York. Uh, so you can uh, you draw your own conclusions as to who I was following and why. <laughs> you can tell us who you like as, as a, a player. Come on. Andy Bathgate was pretty Harry good. Harry Howell, Andy Bathgate. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? The, the Rangers and those, they go into the old guys. And I used to go on my G.O. card, uh, which is what they gave students in the New York City public schools for 50 cents. You could get a general admission ticket to Madison Square Garden for sporting events. Were you the loud guys in the blue? You were the loud guys in the blue seats. Actually, you know, I'd go. I'd go early because the seats were unassigned. You bring a, a, a dinner in the form of a sandwich and a brown bag, and sit there and do your homework because you got there two hours early. That's the life. Fifty cents. That was the key for me. Fifty well, cent tickets. We got to figure that, that one out. That just tells you how long ago. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-salary cap. That was it. Well, we know you got a big weekend coming up. Thanks for making time. All the best uh, uh, tonight. Should be exciting. Thanks very much for joining us today, Gary. Great to be with you. Should be a fun weekend. Thanks, guys. Go, the terrific uh, Jake Bug, Kingpin. We listened to the Kingpin, <laughs> Commissioner of the National Hockey League, Gary Bettman. Funny, uh, you know, talking about uh, the uh, the fifty cents. Really, fifty cents to see the Rangers? Because how old is Gary Bettman? I don't know. We'll find out how old Gary Bettman is. I'll find is. out. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, he's got to be. Uh, we got to be approximately the same age. No, maybe he's a few years older than me. He's coming up. He's got to be five years older than me. He's got to be mid sixties. No. 
According to Wikipedia, yeah. he was he's 64, according there to Wikipedia. See, there you go. So, yeah. I mean, the, the big difference, the, the extra, the extra. when's he going to be 65, you know? When's June 2nd. Okay, so this is exactly what I said. Yeah. It's five years difference, because he's paying 50 cents to see National Hockey League games. Yeah. I'm paying 50 cents to see Montreal Juniors games. And by the way, those were the worst seats in the house. It was the upper bowl right. for junior games, and they filled the place in, uh, in the late 60s. For Montreal Juniors, but my goodness, uh, think about the teams that the Juniors had here. Uh, there were two eras okay. in the in the late '60s. One of them had uh, Gilbert Perrault and and Richard Martin. Imagine they ended up on the same team as line mates in the Buffalo Sabers. They were stars together on uh, the Montreal Juniors. And then the group that takes over after that ends up as uh, Mark Tardif and Ray Jaoul. So the Canadians, the junior Canadians, really dominated, and they drew 17,000, 18,000 on a Friday night and a Sunday night to the Montreal Four. But how come you, why do you think junior hockey doesn't work here as well anymore? I don't know. Don't know why it doesn't uh, why it doesn't work anymore. We tried. I uh, I broadcast junior games for mm-hmm. three years in Verdun. Yep. They had good teams. Uh, they had a team, although uh, they had as as. As crushing a loss as you can have in a play, I, I've never seen a hockey team with a more crushing loss than the Montreal Juniors in their final game before moving to uh, Boisbriand. And that, and that was? They lost in triple overtime Ugh. in Game 7 with a team that was Memorial Cup worthy Okay, with Louis LeBlanc. Um, I'm trying to remember... So, it's a tie game, triple overtime, double overtime, triple overtime, and um, I think it's Maine, right? And they're leaving the ice, right? They're, they want to change lines, and they throw the puck along the boards down the left side, and they're heading to the bench, and it hits something in back of the net, comes out, yeah. hits Barube, J.F. Barube, hits him in the back, and goes in the net. Oh, jeez. And that's how they lost... That's how that, and I'm I'm doing the play by play, and I'm going like, this is not the, it's not supposed to, it's not supposed to end like this. It kind of reminds me of the way the juniors, uh, when Mark Andre Fleury lost, uh, they lost in North Dakota to the Americans. Yeah, sort well, of a that weird was, goal. Yeah, it was bounce out in front, bounce and out, big rebound. Yeah, but from the back, it went. It, he never saw it. It hit something in the back of the net, came out into the crease, yeah. hit him in the back, and went in the net, and that was the end of that. And then they left. And then they left. I'd be curious to see how the uh, the AHL team's going to do here. Was it, they're starting next year, aren't they? Yeah, I believe they... Uh, I Laval? read something today. Weren't, weren't they supposed to uh, unveil their uh, their logo today? I, I read... I didn't read the whole story. Canadians send me... Uh, Canadians send me a, uh, an email today, and I didn't read the whole thing. I, I saw something about a logo. Well, it wasn't like the top news of the day. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Okay? It was not the top. The, the Canadians uh, American Hockey League team that's starting up next year showing us their logo right. was not the biggest news of the day. So it, uh, it didn't, I didn't jump when I, when I saw that. All right. Uh, still to come, uh, we, I know we were so busy last night, we didn't get an opportunity to see or uh, to hear. You can see it. They'll be on again tonight at 11 o'clock. The uh, Elias Makos and the folks from uh, Sportsnet Central and the panel that they have every week. And uh, quite a crew it was this week. Let's see. Um, you've got uh, Jeremy Filosa. Mm-hmm. Um, you have... Um, Elias Makos. Elias Makos. <laughs> We know that. 
You still got to answer the ones you know. Okay. Um, and others. <laughs> right. Jessica Rusnak. Ah, Welcome it. back to Montreal, Jessica. And you can hear her on uh, CBC Radio. Uh, Kelsey. Kelsey Patterson. And come on now. Uh, Derek Fage, of Ooh. course. Host of uh, BT Montreal. There, I got them all. Yay. <sighs> am I sweating? Yes. <laughs> am I, Very am much I, so. Am I turning colors? Turning red. All right, so that's coming up next. You're listening to Sportsnet tonight. I'm Elliot Price. Send us all your money. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher, and we'll send you a free subscription for Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. Absolutely free. That's why you write everything down. I'm just saying, right? What's that? Well, I was I wanted to come up with all the names that were going to be on the Sportsnet panel, right? And they weren't written down in front of me. And then now you got to do it, right? You yeah. got to do it. And if you don't do it, you haven't done it. Write that down. Teaching moments, Elliot. I appreciate know, it. I know. All right, here's the panel uh, from last night. You can catch the whole show tonight at eleven o'clock on. Well, are they on tonight? Because they got this whole hockey thing. Yes, they are. Eleven o'clock tonight, and you can find them at City. So here you go. The impact. Can you believe they're starting a new season? Here we go. We are back, and so are the impact uh, already. Uh, (laughs) If you blinked, well, that's how much time they had off. I'm really surprised by this, that they are already back at training camp. Jeremy, you were there earlier this week. Why don't you set this thing up for us, and and what do we see while they were training? Of course, the Olympic Stadium had to shut that thing down. Yeah. Ice on the the roof. Yeah, so when it's not drug bar, that's a distraction, (laughs) and we got snow on the roof, and they had to cut the the training short. But you know what? It was a bunch of guys who were in a good mood, smiling, happy to get back, and they are so lucky because they ended last year so well mm-hmm. and they were able to find a formula that worked with the starting 11 they had so they really have a blueprint about how they're going to start 2017 and yeah sure during camp little things might happen but basically i think biello knows where he's going he's going to try to continue with what they uh, they ended with last year in the that's uh, that's a big advantage for them. There was one player in particular when they came onto the turf, kissed the the turf of the Olympic Stadium. Donadell, right? Yeah, yeah uh, maybe he should go see a doctor after that. I'm not sure how clean that turf could be, but as Jeremy said, they were excited to get it going. It smelled funky in there. Yes. again. They 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 trimmed the fat. They trimmed the fat in the off season. They got rid of guys who they brought on and who weren't uh, competing at the right level. So yeah. guys like well, Ontivero was on loan, but guys like Venegas who just. Who, who wasn't clicking with the team, Harry Ship? It just wasn't working. Yeah. So I see that they got rid of the, fa- uh, the, the trim the fat, but at the same time, um, people are upset that there were no offseason acquisitions. Mm-hmm. We would have wanted maybe a big striker or someone to kind of shore up that back line because it does look thin. So on the one side, you're seeing, yeah, Bielos has confidence in the 11 that he had in the playoffs, and sure, that's great. But as soon as something happens, and this is a hypothetical, but and, and this could happen, Jeremy, this, this happens all the time, but something like, Bernier goes down injured. Uh, yeah. Donadell accumulation of yellow cards yeah. and uh, uh, I don't know. Ayongo's whose deal doesn't sure, get done. Sure, and he sure. Leaves. Uh, Ayongo, Ayongo has to go play in play in Cameroon for a couple of weeks. All of a sudden, what what do you have? You've lost Donny Toya in the back. Yeah. You don't have your main striker. You have to rely on someone like Michael Salazar or they need to improve their depth. They need yeah. something. Yeah. They need something because in the back, if Simon's not on top of his game, you're relying on guys like Cabrera. That's a mistake. But we know this league. How do you improve depth? In this in this league, aren't they just stuck with you what got, they've got right now? No, you got to be smart. You got to invest your money wisely. You got to get guys who don't cost a lot of money, like Donny Toya last year, For sure. Yeah. And and you can come in at any time and perform. But you know, with Drugba leaving, they're so lucky because it didn't. It wasn't working out with Drugba <laughs> yeah. at the end of last yeah. year. 
And now that he's leaving, nobody seems to be this upset. Was a, this was a better team without Drogba. Yes. At the end of the year. The absolutely. Yeah. And I and I, we, we were talking about it off camera. It was the perfect way for, for him to sort of phase out. You know, it wasn't the fans. The fans weren't going to be angry about the whole situation. Oh, you know, he still, it looked like he had lost it. He, he just wasn't working. He, he, there was no chemistry with the team. Anymore. And let's not forget Romero coming back. If he's back healthy, I think that really replaces the fact that Drogba's gone. But Dominic Oduro even mentioned this at camp this week, that that stability that they've kept was one of the reasons why he wanted to come back here. And he kept yes. saying, I've had a lot of offers. I kept having sweet deals, but this is where I wanted to be because I like that we're all still together. We experienced I thought, I thought that was a defining moment of the offseason when he said he wanted to be here. I thought that bodes that very well for, yeah. for the well, It was funny because they asked him, how did you decide? And he said, I spoke to Bernier <laughs> and my agent. So, you know, but that, that trio up front, Piatti, Mancosu, and... Uh, Oduro, if they can play a whole season together, oh man. Great, yeah, great, no doubt. And listen, I, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but what was the issue uh, in the last game against Toronto? What was I saying on, on this very show was the back line. Mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. Yeah. This is not, in my opinion, you need an a MLS tall central defender. Yeah, well, you need Simon to play the way he was playing two years ago. Uh, you know, you lost you lost Toya, which is which is big. And yeah, you need, I mean, obviously they added Chris Duval. I don't know how, how what a big factor that'll be, but what do you have if someone goes down or what do you have if someone goes missing? You have uh, uh, Kyle Fisher. You're not going to rely on Kyle Fisher. Well, but what I will say, though, on a business perspective, as you said, if those three forwards stay together, that's an exciting team yes, to watch. Yes, for and sure. the fans will come and watch sure. that because they want to see offense. And to, to get back to what you were saying, I think if we look closely to other MLS teams, I think everybody's got the same situation. Right, that's yeah. right. This, they is, lose this, their is, best the, this is the state of the league. It's yeah. not like other teams are, are significantly better when it comes to depth. Hey, that's it. Oh, I, I messed up. I messed up. And I, and I forgot all about it. I, I was talking to Daniel Yorio today. We're going to uh, talk about Tai Chi. And then uh, I forgot all about it. We've got all this all this show here, and I missed some show. <laughs> We're leaving show on the table is what you're all saying. Right. So next week, we'll talk to him. It'll be Super Bowl week next week. Looking forward to it. Our usual uh, hockey array as teams come back, and we start getting ready for post all-star game. Uh, down the stretch we go. We thank our hockey people today, Andrew Berkshire and Rory Boylan, and we look forward to uh, next week's hockey conversation. Should be uh, Eric on Monday. Um, and um, Todd Alushko, I hope. Todd has been busy because the Leafs seem to play on Monday nights. So Eric Engels and Tadalushko on Monday, and of course DK, and we thank him for coming on tonight and getting us all pumped for the, uh, the Pro Bowl. Skills competition. <laughs> competition. All right. Uh, thanks for the guys tonight, and thank you for listening. And if you missed any part of the show, and I know you want to uh, check out some of what we talked about tonight because it really was a very entertaining show, uh, you can find us at sportsnet.ca. Grant Robinson, know wherever you are. We'll see you on Monday. Uh, Freddie, thanks for sitting in. Well, th thank you for having me. That was a pleasure. I didn't have a choice. This <laughs> <laughs> is all I was, I was left with. But. Thank God it was you. <laughs>
Hey, how's that? Is that good? Yeah, it warms me up. Now I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Elliot Price. We'll see you Monday where we have this amount of fun that we just tucked into 10 seconds over an entire two hours. Multiply that 120 minutes times 60. And that's the show. Three, two, one. Bye.